Welcome to For the Record, an unfiltered view on current trends and timeless advice for surviving in the aesthetics industry. Whether you're an injector, practice owner, sales rep, or marketer, it's time to set the record straight. Each week, we cut through the chaos and showcase diverse perspectives and winning ideas from the best minds in the industry. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Hall, Chief Growth Officer at Aesthetic Record. Now, let's get started on this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of For the Record. This is episode 31, which is episode 11 of season two, and we are taking a fun turn today down the HR training, recruiting, industry changing pathway. And we have today what I would consider to be a trailblazer in our industry. She started in about 2005 running some things for Botox as a national account director. I think she might have launched Crow's Feet. So she's been in the industry with Botox, with Allergan, also with Galderma as medicine many years ago. But in 2017, she came to the dark side and she left the manufacturer world to come make a difference in a whole new way. So we're going to talk all day today about Titan Aesthetics, about Mary Beth Hagen, about what she's been doing at her company to grow injectors, to grow their skill sets, to recruit, to train, to build, and to have an impact in the industry that you just can't have as a manufacturer employee. We know that, both of us, but she's a dear friend of mine and a brain I love to pick whenever I can get the chance to do it, but she's so darn busy. But she's here with us today. So Mary Beth, welcome to our show. Tiffany, thank you. I can't really uh, feel like I deserve that wonderful introduction, but I know that both you and I are people that have a tendency to look for what can we create for tomorrow as opposed to trying just to deal with today. So kind of fun to be on with you and all the things that you've been done doing. So, Well, I don't even know like the day that we met, but Titan Aesthetic Recruiting, you got lots of names in there because you were recruiting nonstop before. Now you're doing all these other things. Like you've just grown and morphed to a whole new company that's doing everything. But we met at some point along the way. And I thought, man, this person is super connected, knows all the humans inside of aesthetics, knows the good, the bad, the ugly. You've seen it all. And so I think from a, you know, knowing your tribe and finding your tribe, I met you as like, oh, she's my tribe forever. I held on to you tight. So I think we've been on a fun journey together since you started Titan. And now with AR, you work with our customers a lot with, you know, employers and injectors. And so anywho, I just think you're the best ever. So I'm, ha- I'm happy to have you here today. I can't wait to jump in. I'll give you a little bit of background of kind of not too much of me, but more of Titan and why I try to do what I do. You're right. I do have a lot of different arms of the company. Um, you know, I know that a lot of people are in beautiful rooms or offices or studios, um, you know, so everybody knows I live in Minnesota. I work out of my basement. I have my whiteboard, my map, and my brain. Um, And that's kind of my roadmap. Um, I started with Metasys, as you said, back in 2005 and loved working and learning the industry. Back then, there were only 42 of us in the whole country selling wrestling. Um, You know, and we worked really, really closely with the Allergan reps and with the Obagi reps because literally those are kind of the only three of us that were out there. And I thought I came so late to the game back in 2005. You know, Botox was approved in 2002 and um, April 15th, we'll get ready to celebrate its 20th year anniversary of being approved for aesthetic procedures. Um, Rustaline was approved in the December of 2003, so launched in 2004. So here I thought I was, you know, Johnny come lately in 2005 and can't even fathom how much I would see over the last, you know, almost 20 years now. So yeah, I, I had a lovely career with Metasys and then went over to Allergan, managed the 
Upper Midwest, was the Botox product manager and did marketing with them for about three and a half years. And he had lost, launched the Crow's Feet Indication. Um, and then I got the opportunity to start the national account team. And traveling all across the United States and working with more of the larger multi-location med spa groups, the big dermatology groups were at that point just being acquired um, by a lot of the private equity firms. It really gave me an opportunity to have kind of that 50,000 foot view of some of the opportunities that could possibly change our market going forward. And, you know, at that point, I looked around and I said, I see what is here to support the industry. But I also at that point saw the growth of a lot of the non-physician injector roles. And I looked around and there's so many organizations that support physicians. But, you know, Tiffany, there really aren't a lot of organizations that are 100% dedicated to supporting non-physician injectors. And so that's why when I started Titan, um, everybody's always like, why is it Titan? And I don't think a lot of people know that Titan actually stands for Top Injectors Treating in Aesthetics Now. And you and I worked a lot when you um, were doing a lot of training at your previous role. And that's something that's very, very near and dear to my heart. So when you think about what I'm doing with Titan, um, our tagline when we first started the company is, is very, very relevant today. It's supporting great injectors and great practices for great patient outcomes. Sounds so simple, but my goodness, what a, like, that's our entire industry, Mary Beth, in a nutshell right there. If we could just put that on a tattoo for all of us, it'd be great. <laughs> well, we don't want to forget the physicians, but you know, everybody has their role to play. And I think it's really important to support all the different aspects of patient care, whether it's looking at training, whether it's looking at safety, whether it's looking at growing the business skills, whether it's supporting the confidentiality in the industry, whether it is making sure that we can, you know, advertise and reach people appropriately. You know, you look at everything that aesthetic record does to support the aesthetic practices that are out there. And I think, you know, you see the best markets for aesthetics being the ones where the providers all work closely together to educate patients and to grow the market safely and with really good natural outcomes. And I think if all of us who are in the industry supporting, you know, practices and supporting the injectors do the same thing, that's how we all continue to grow together. So that's why I'm very, very lucky to, I always tell everybody I'm Switzerland now. I get to work with everybody and I just want everybody to be happy. So... <laughs> But it is it is strange, right? Going from having an allegiance for so long, and then you have to become Switzerland. It was like it was a bit of a change for me. But you know, you said something there that I think is really important, and I always give credence to Christy Lennox because she started the extenders meeting, which I know it's a bad word now to say extenders, but she started that meeting when it wasn't cool, right? It wasn't the thing to do. I, when I started Gen Now at Galderma, people opened up Facebook pages just to crucify me because how could I support non you know non physician injectors? I mean, she stepped out with a lot of like just fierce determination to make it work. And then obviously you've come through with this entire program that really focuses on not just the injector being prepared for safe outcomes, but also the contracts, the agreements, the compensation. How are you going to onboard your people? How are you going to even recruit your people in? Like thinking about both sides of the coin. And for years, these physician recruiting firms have been really popular, right? They've been everywhere. And physician training, to your point, societies are everywhere that will give physician training, you know, out the wazoo. But it's been really hard for a lot of years for nurses and PAs to find quality education that they can afford, 
that isn't manufacturer on label only and also has someone looking after their business needs because they don't have a, I mean, they don't have an attorney. They don't have all these things that, you know, that many of us have and we run businesses. So I feel like you're filling a gap that is really important to the industry, but also still in, in its infancy in many ways, right? We're still just scratching the surface on how to really support this part of our injector base. But kind of walk me through, you know, from a Titan perspective, what are all the things right now that you guys do to support it? I, I always laugh because I keep having to update our brochures and yeah, we do all of this. So, <laughs> um, so Titan originally started back in 2017 and my goal was to really focus on, um, placing injectors. Uh, I, I, you know, had worked with so many injectors around the country. And, and I really want to start out by giving a shout out to Connie Brennan and Don Segrillo. You know, I had Minnesota, Wisconsin, North South Dakota, and Iowa as my territory um, when I was with Metasys. And, and Connie and Don really took me under their wing. I had never had Botox. I'd never had Restylane. I didn't know what aesthetics was back then. In fact, when I went to my first interview with Metasys, with James Sanders, I sat down and I said, okay, I don't mean to be stupid, but am I interviewing for a sales role or a management role? I didn't even know what I was interviewing for. Um, but coincidentally, the Wall Street Journal actually had a headline that day announcing the first Rustling Rewards program. And so I remember going in and talking to James and saying, OK, you know, tell me about this crazy industry. And he you know, told me what I was looking at. And I said, OK, wait, so you want me to go out, support a product that doesn't have to be reimbursed through managed care that patients can pay cash for. You want me to help them advertise, market, grow their business. You want me to do training, help them be better at customer service. And you're going to pay me for this? I'm like, this is what I do for my friends for fun. So it, it was very serendipitous that I, I, you know, I always tell people I fell completely backwards into this industry. And, you know, I think when talking to a lot of people who have been in the industry for 15, 20 years, we really were just in the right place at the right time at that point. But now, you know, 15 years later, there is so much demand. There is so much that has changed in the industry. And there's so much support that these young injectors need coming into the industry or that existing injectors need to be able to navigate where they are in their career. And so that's why when I started Titan, I not only wanted to look at helping place injectors and helping physicians and practices find the right injectors, but I'd been in the industry long enough that I looked around and said, there are very specific aptitudes and competencies that the best injectors have. And, you know, Connie and Dawn and I, I looked at them and I'm like, why are they so good compared to other places where I would go and watch trainings? I still remember one day I had to go pull the physician out of the room and say, you cannot let this person inject. She doesn't have the eye. This is not safe for patients. Um, and I'm not a clinician. I don't play one on TV. But I guess I, I, had, I knew what good looked like from the beginning because of how much those guys taught me and how well I was taught. So I, I, I really had a, a strong passion to help the injectors. Um, and it always frustrated me when I was with different companies because they would always talk about accounts. And they never delineated who are the injectors that are actually providing the business and the, the treatments in those accounts. And so that was a little bit of you know what I wanted to do also was help support that aspect of the business. So anyway, short story long, um, I, I started out doing recruiting and placing experienced injectors, but I also wanted to help bring naive injectors into the industry. And looking around, I had originally had a physician, um, Patrick Carney here in Minnesota, is a dermatologist, and he said, Mary Beth, I have all of these PAs that I hire and that I train to do aesthetics. Some of them get it. 
And some of them just never get it, no matter how much I train them. Help me figure out which ones are going to get it before I spend all this time, time and energy training them in aesthetics. And you know, Tiffany, how you have those people in your career that just ask you such good questions that make you go, hmm. And I, I was a year into the job with wrestling at that point. You know, I didn't have any real theory or thoughts about what, but I looked at the best injectors and I identified there are several things that they all do. Number one, they are all artists at heart. It comes out in their hobbies. It comes out in their day-to-day life. Second, they are all teachers. Third, they're all great team players. Four, they have a very high level of need to continue to learn and grow. Um, And then the other thing I found was they have that innate aesthetic eye. And I, I truly don't believe you can teach that. You've done enough training, you know. There are just some people, they look at a face and they just get it. And there are others that they never see anything blind, beyond wrinkles and gray hair. Um, so I put together this kind of screening and built the company around the Titan Aesthetic screening. Let me just tell you guys right now, before she goes into the screening thing, I will tell you, this screener is incredible. So if you're a person listening who is an employer looking for a nurse injector or PA or an NP to come into your practice, I think to kind of rewind before you go into that, Mary Beth is thinking through, you know, this idea that in our industry, it's been fly by night for, you know, 20 years, right? We've kind of, we are still a baby compared to other other specialties. And we have not really established as an industry, like our footprint, like who we're going to be when we grow up. You know, we're still, we're like in our weird teenage years right now, we're hormonal, and so I think as you look at hiring, if you go to a hospital, you know, to be hired as a nurse, you know, in the ER or wherever else, you go through a lot of, you know, testing and different things. You have to do different things on site. They look at your residency. If you're a physician, you know, where did you do your fellowship, your training? Here it's been kind of like, oh, you have a patient base. You know how to inject? Good, you're hired. We didn't take one step further because we didn't know yet, right? We were still so new. We didn't even know what we were looking for. But then fast forward to today. If you only hire experienced injectors, there's not enough of them. There are clinics opening up every minute. I mean, we get 200 new accounts a week or a month here at AR, and that's because we can't take all the phone calls that we actually have requests for to do all the demos to get them signed up. Like, it's the water faucet is on full blast, like a fire hose. And so what you're talking about as far as like hiring right now, it has never been more important than it is today because you cannot find experienced injectors. And if you wait for them, they're not going to show up. Many of them are opening now their own practices. So so I think the writing on the wall is that's not a reality. So thinking through that, you're going to have to hire for, for will and skill, innate skill, not injection skill, and then train them up. Like you train up a child, right? If they have these things at the core of who they are that we know make them more likely to be successful, look for that first. And if you have that, then that's the recipe to bake an amazing cake. But without those ingredients, the cake is going to fall flat. No matter how good that whatever you have, whatever you think you're going to be able to do, the best oven in America, you can't bake the cake, right? It's like, I love a good metaphor, Mary Beth. I'd love a good metaphor. But but I think that we're missing that here. We're thinking about Rolodexes and patient load and has she injected, has she taken a class or not? Is she certified, which we know isn't even a real thing. We're getting so confused or so distracted by all these other things. We forget about a person who's good and has a propensity to be good at something can be trained to be great at it. But if they're not likely to succeed from base level, to your physician's point, don't waste the time, right? It's just not a good fit for them. So if you guys see the screener, like if you could walk through it, it is absolutely like I want it for AR. It's incredible. The way that you look at them, the way that you assess who they are, what they believe in, how they feel about things. It's just it's remarkable. And it's so, I think, um, accurate, targeted, like you have great success with it. So we know it actually works. Like whatever you've done on the data back end to validate it 
has definitely worked because you're seeing great success. So with all that, walk us through it. I digress. You are so sweet. Thank you for those kinds of words about it. And yeah, it, it was a crazy hunch. And so I really sat down and looked, as I said, at those people who are good injectors and said, how can I create some sort of assessment tool so that we can look at people who are thinking about going into the industry and say whether or not they have the potential to be good at injecting. Um, so what I did was I created a four-part screen. And in a very simplest terms, the first part is a right-left brain quiz. The second part is an aptitude conversation. The third part is a picture assessment. And the fourth part is a hobby overview. And when I look at those four parts, I weight them all equally. Two are subjective, two are objective. And what I'm really looking for is where do they fall in four different categories? So with the right-left brain quiz, we have an entire cohort of Allergan and Galderma trainers that we had take the right-left brain quiz. And there is a very specific range where they fall that I see with all the good injectors. And it's super interesting when you look at people who are too far to the left, they usually don't see that artistic side. If you look at people that are too far to the right, sometimes they have a real problem staying loyal or staying one place. They tend to get pretty bored pretty easily. So looking, and there are a whole like a hundred other things that I figured out with doing these right, left brain, but it really guides me on what else I can ask during the rest of the screening. So they do that first. And then we really talk about who they are as a person. And, you know, when you think about how many interviews that people do through the years, I'm very blessed that I somehow have some good interviewing skill. I'm very, I've had amazing people work for me and have taught me what good looks like. Um, And a lot of the people that I was lucky enough to have on my team at Allergan are still there and in very high leadership positions. So I think I have a good eye for talent. And so what I'm able to do is really talk to people about who they are as a person and what they're looking for. And the whole reasoning behind this is if you as a practice just interview for what you're looking for, you might get what you think you want. But if you interview people who also know what they're looking for and what they want out of their career and what's a good work environment for them. And you make that good match in the middle. That's what ends up leading to really good um, fits into culture that leads to really good work relationships. And that leads to long-term patient retention and employee retention so that you continue to grow and build. Plus if you have employees that work for you that are really happy and really feel good about where they are and working there, they're your best recruiting tool also. So we do a lot of questions in terms of who are they? Can they be a good team player? Do they understand they have to sell? Do they understand that nobody's going to teach them or tell them, here's what you have to do to be good at this. They have to be self-motivated, that they have to really work in an environment where they continue to motivate themselves. And okay, let's be honest we have enough crazy patients, so we don't need crazy injectors. So I have pretty good crazy radar. So (laughs) then the third part of the screening is we basically give them pictures and I ask them to look at the pictures and tell me what they see. And I'm not going to give away the clues here just in case there's any potential injectors listening, but there are things that I want them to see or that I, that I look for, can they see? So I give them pictures of older patients and then I give them pictures of, you know, young, beautiful patients. And I, and I chat with them about what their eye visually takes in. What is it their eye sees that tells their brain a message? And then we finish up talking about hobbies. So I always tell everybody it's, it's not anything scary. It's not something where it's going to be, oh, gotcha, this is right or wrong. 
Um, in fact, I always tell everybody the only wrong answers are if you pretend you're somebody else or if you give me an answer you think I want to hear and it's me the answer from your heart. And it is pretty amazing. Um, you talk about proof of concept. And I had uh, two amazing organizations out on the West Coast help me with proof of concept. And um, the, the first one actually gave me 15 people to screen blindly. So I didn't know where they were. I didn't know what clinic they were working in. I didn't know anything about them other than they were candidate one, candidate two, candidate three. Um, I, I did have to ask if they were an RN, NP, or PA. And we went through these screenings, these 15 blind screenings. And then I wrote, basically did a presentation, said, here's where they all fall. And they literally went, you know, it was pretty interesting to look. And then I gave their overall scores. And then we went through one by one and I read my assessment to the senior leadership team to see if they could identify who that person was based on my assessment of doing nothing except talking to these people for an hour. And by about the third person, um, as one person said, I have chills. This is something we've never seen and it's crazy accurate. So that was a lovely proof of concept. And I think even their CFO, uh, COO, who is a very, very, very blue or very analytical person was like, okay, You've convinced me this works <laughs> because what I didn't know in the back was that they had given me five that they thought were great injectors, five that they thought were good average injectors and five that they have problems with. And the CEO said, Mary Beth, not only have you identified and ranked people according to how we thought they performed, but for the lowest, the ones that, you know, maybe are not necessarily the best fit for us. You told us why those issues existed with those injectors. So that was a very, very nice thing to, to hear from them. Um, the other proof of concept, again, was a, a big surprise to me. Um, I had a client that I worked with that they hired their own people, but they had me screen them all for a year, all their new hires. And at the end of the year, I asked them to kind of give me some feedback. And, um, you know, the practice manager said, you know, the interesting thing, Mary Beth, is not only were your assessments really on target, but there was a one-to-one -one correlation between the score that you gave them and their revenue production their first year. So I'm never one who likes to put the revenue production at the first, but let's be honest, in this industry, this is cash medicine. This is why we're in this business. We all want to make money and do well. And for that organization to be able to see that a screening score could not only give them good guidance on how to develop and work with and coach and train and prepare that person, but that there also was a correlation in terms of their revenue production was valuable for them. So the Titan aesthetic screening is a pretty cool thing. And it's small, just so you know, if you anybody is interested in it, just send me an email, mbhagen at titanesthetic.com or info at titanesthetic.com. And it is a $500 screening. My joke is always that for less than the cost of a vial of Botox, I can give you a really good second opinion on candidates that you're looking at bringing into your culture. And um, it takes about an hour, hour and a half on the phone. So you just send an email introduction between myself and your candidate. And then I follow up and take it from there. And then you get the five to eight page screening report within about an hour or two hours after I complete the screening. So it's kind of a I love doing them. I'm going to be quite honest. I, I love learning about the injectors and I, I love helping people sometimes if they could be a great person, but just not the right fit for that practice. Um, you know, we find out, is there somebody who's like, I love doing what I do. I'm really independent. I don't want to be micromanaged. The best fit for me is to be in a satellite clinic by myself. 
that's probably not going to be the best fit for somebody who says, we have four injectors in a really busy office. We all share lunch together and go out all the time. That person may be a great injector, but not a right fit for that culture. So that's what we look for. Well, and I think, you know, if you're listening to this thinking to yourself, $500, because I can hear that right now, the mind chatter, you know, we charge 16 bucks a month for air, like $16 a month, you know, I'm like, it's a Starbucks, get over it. But $500, let's think about that in context, because I think this is where people forget the hard costs versus the soft cost. An average injector to be onboarded and trained well, for a few of the practices that we work with here at AR, they put that as like a fifty to $75,000 a year cost. Onboarding for them is like seventy five k between all the training, onboarding, patients that they're going to be working with, discounts they have to give to compensate for the patient, you know, for the new new hire being in with the patient. You know, seventy five grand, let us say, is a pretty, it's a pretty realistic number for many practices. Yeah, so that's 75000 plus the person who owns the clinic or the, you know, the lead injector, whomever, has to now find all the resumes, do all the screening, which takes an incredible amount of time, hope that they're right, by the way, which many times they're not, or they don't do any kind of screening. It's like, oh, yep, you're breathing, you can inject, you're safe, you know, about adverse events, you're hired. So they're wasting tons of time doing these, you know, these sort of interviews, if you want to call them that. It's probably at the end of the day per candidate, you know, it's at least a 75k investment, where the $500 amount to say, are you prepared for this role or not? seems like a no brainer. I mean, if I could have you do it for all of our AR hires, I'm like, done. Send them all to Mary Beth, you know, on screen. Because for me, I mean, I run a business, right? I'm hiring all day long. I'm hiring, I'm interviewing, I'm, you know, and people get to the third and fourth interview and then I have to not hire them. I've wasted, you know, six, seven hours of my time, my team's time to interview all for naught. If I could have just known in the beginning on day one that they weren't a fit, I could have just you know, we've been done with all that. So I think if you're listening to saying, oh gosh, I can just do my own thing. If you're a brand new injector, for sure, if you're a new practice owner, it is more important for you now when you're new to set the culture. The first 15 employees of your business set the culture forever. This is when you have to be perfect. You ha- you get no choice right now when you're brand new. You get no allowances. You get no rope to hang yourself. You have got to be perfect now because if you're not, the tone and the culture of your business is ruined forever unless you do some serious serious heavy lifting at year two to fix it or year three or year five and by then it's way harder and way more expensive so invest the money and get it done that is that is my psa (laughs) i'll tell you one funny analogy um or experience i should say there is a a dermatologist and she called me and she said "I, i hear you do this screening thing do you do it for practice managers as well and i do do it for front desk for practice managers for um you know, guest services for you know, marketing, whatever, for only $350. It's a little bit shorter. It's not quite as intense on my part. Um, and I said, well, yeah, you know, I can, I can screen this potential you know, practice manager. And, and I screened her. She was a lovely girl, but she was a salesperson. And I said, you know, here's some things that I've identified that I would dig into deeper. And I never say hire or don't hire, rarely. Um, I will always say, yes, here is why I think this person could be a good fit for you, or here is why this person may be a great person, but maybe not a good fit for you, or maybe not a good fit at this time, or here's where this person, I would really suggest you dig in deeper because these are things that might not be a culture fit or a need fit for the job. So I identified some things that I really suggested that she dig into and that that could be a concern of putting this person in the job. I didn't hear anything more and didn't think anything about it. And um, so then about a year later, I get a call, you know, hi, Dr. So-and-so wants me to do the screening with you. Um, And I said, okay. 
I said, that's interesting. You know, myself saying I did a practice manager screening a year ago for this doctor. Hmm, why do they need somebody already? So I went through and, and the candidate was lovely, had a lot of really good skills, things that I think were would be a really good match for this physician's office. And at the end, you know, and I told her, I said, you know, I really like things here, are the things that, you know, you identified that I think could be a strong match. Um, you know, I look forward to sharing this with the doctor. And she said, oh, good. Because she called and she said, I had Mary Beth screens at this person I had last time and she gave me feedback and I didn't listen to her. So whatever she says this time, I'm doing what she tells me to do. <laughs> so it, it was funny to see that my advice maybe was something that was valued. And then that person is still there now. Well, and you have to commit. If you're going to do it, you have to do it. Yeah, that's why people who do screenings and they like don't listen to it. I'm like, well, what's the point of doing all that? If you spend the money or you find the right tool, you validate it, the whole thing, and then you don't listen, like it's not for fun. Like you got to, you got to do it. But it's hard sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, we all want somebody to validate what we see or what we think or what we know. It's harder to have somebody say something that is different than what we want to hear. And that's why I work very hard to try to, you know, not say no, but to say, you know, here's something I saw. You might need to dig into this a little bit further to see if this is a fit for your practice. So I think, you know, if you if you look at an assessment or the person who's hiring, I say this at AR all the time, the person who needs the employee will convince themselves of anything. If you're desperate for a hire, you're desperate for help, you're like, oh, yep, heart's beating, blood's running through their veins, they look competent, they're hired. We we do it here reverse where I interview them first because I'm like the, the line manager who needs them is going to convince themselves that they're good because they just need them. So I think hiring is like such an anomaly or a one-off. Every person's a unique experience, but you have to get a standard that you set and stick to it. But I'm going to move us along because you've got more stuff that's awesome to talk about. So we're going to we're going to hold that conversation. I want to talk about what happens when a person gets hired and they need to be trained either prior to coming in to the practice. You know, you say, I'm going to deliver them to you somewhat trained, at least on the basics. And then what happens if they leave you and they go to the practice to, to stay ongoing, to stay continually developing and learning and changing as an injector. So what is the precursor, your pre-injector training that you do before they actually go out into the world and start, start injecting? You know, Tiffany, we have one of the only, if not the only, areas of medicine um, that does not have a specific academic training program to guide people into. You can't go to any RN and PA school in the United States and train to be an aesthetic provider. And so I think that's really left a lot up in the air for people who are very interested in pursuing this path. So the first year and a half, I had Titan. I would have calls from people that say, gee, I just went to this weekend training program. They told me I'm certified. I'm $20,000 in debt. I've sent my resume to every place in town and I can't get a job. Can you help me? Um, so first, don't send your resume to every place in town if you call a recruiter because they can't do anything if you've already sent your resume. Um, little sidebar there. But what it made me really think was, how do we put together some sort of foundational learning process so that people who want to be in this industry actually have a path? Um, you know, and I'm lucky enough, having been in this industry for a while, that I, I know a few people. Um, so I called my friend, Kevin Harrington, who's a nurse practitioner down in Florida. He is on faculty for Allergan and Galderma, and is also on faculty for Chris Surick's Academy for Injection Anatomy Cadaver Course. He owns his own training company and his own practice, and is probably one of the best trainers that I've ever seen. He's just a, a true teacher, and you know Kevin, and he's just an amazing person. And I said, Kevin help me figure out a better path 
for people to take who are looking to come into this industry. So here's what we did. I wrote a book called Preparing to Be an Aesthetic Injector. It's an ebook. It probably has 50 to 75 links in it of everything I could find to help somebody who wants to get into aesthetics. It has the history of the industry. It has the role of the aesthetic provider, organizations that can help and support the provider. It has the companies and the um, resources that you need from a product standpoint. It has things you need to do as a prospective injector to train yourself and create your own residency program. It has information on how to learn about your own market of where you might get a job. Why go to training if you haven't done some research on where you might be able to work? And then the last chapter is compensation. And I jokingly call it the how much money you're not going to make your first year as an injector chapter. Because, I mean, hey, this is cash medicine. You know, if you're a nurse practitioner in urgent care or any other practice, if somebody walks in and you see them for five minutes, you get to bill an insurance company 200 bucks or more. You know, in this industry, if you're not doing something that brings in revenue to the practice, there's no revenue to pay you. And so I think it's very important for prospective injectors to realize that that first year in this market, when you're a new injector, you have to look at it very much as a residency program. And if you find somebody lucky enough to hire you as a new injector, you need to A, be grateful, and you need to B, really understand that they're investing in you. So if somebody's going to invest in you, what do you have to do to invest in yourself first? So that's where we put together the Titan Injector Development Program. And it's a two-course program. Um, it is available on our website in the training network tab of the titanaesthetic.com website. And it really involves course one, preparing to be an aesthetic injector, which is the book. It is a checklist of activities you can do on your own to prepare yourself. It is an hour of consulting time with um, myself or Wendy Collins, my Titan placement director. And it is a um, subscription to the Complete Face online cadaver app. And that cadaver app is probably one of the best things I've ever seen for a new injector. The live cadaver courses are amazing, but it's really hard to do those live cadaver courses if you haven't, you know, when you're before you've ever injected. So this is a really great introduction to facial anatomy tool. So I tell people for $750, you're going to get 10 to 12 hours of preparation and training and invest in yourself. Once you finish that, you've got your foundation of anatomy, you understand the job a little, you've had a list of things to do on your own. And all of these things are things that you should be adding to your resume and show a prospective employer when you go to interview. Because course number two follows up on that and really finalizes the why in your mind as you're learning. So we call it teaching your brain to inject. And Kevin runs this course. It's 20 hours total. It is three hours of home study and one hour of interactive webinar each week for five weeks. And the beauty of this course is that it starts with the foundation of, okay, you've just learned your anatomy, but you know, anatomy doesn't stay static as we age. So now let's start talking about what happens to that anatomy as we go through the aging process. So we look at facial aging and why do you end up with nasolabial folds or tear troughs or why do you have temple hollowing? Why do you have marionette lines? And when you look at what happens to the underlying anatomy that creates these outward appearances of aging, then it's really much easier for a prospective anatomist, I mean, it's prospective injector to say, oh, you know what? These muscles have moved repeatedly over time and created these lines on the surface. Let's use something that relaxes that muscle so that we can help to eventually 
soften those lines. So now Kevin goes into learning about toxins. Then he goes into learning about hyaluronic acid fillers and some of the other fillers on the market. Then he really says, okay, if you inject long enough, something's going to go wrong. And the good injector knows how to identify when something's gone wrong, what to do, and how to help resolve that issue, and how to talk to the patient. So he goes into really thinking through that area of medicine as well. It's good to know what to do, but you need to know why you're doing it and what to do when something goes wrong. And then Kevin finishes up the course talking about the patient journey. So patient consultations, patient treatment plans, how you're really thinking through talking to patients about price, because you know that's a hard thing to do for a new injector. Oh my God, you need $3,500 worth of product and treatment. How do you do that? You know, we want to get away from talking about a price per syringe or a price per unit. And Kevin does a lot of really good coaching of teaching them to talk about price per patient outcome. And he has projects that they do all along the way throughout this five-week course. So as a prospective injector, if you do course one and course two, you're going to have done about 35 hours of training on your own. You're going to have numerous projects and checklists and things that you can show a prospective employer that you've done. And the real message that I share with employers when I'm presenting a Titan trained person is this is a candidate who has invested in themselves. And since they've invested in themselves, it is much safer for you to now take a risk and invest in them. And then, of course, anytime we send a candidate to um, somebody for placement, we always do the Titan screening. So we don't just send resumes. Here's a candidate that might be interested. We truly talk to them. We make sure it's a cultural fit. We do the screening and we present that to prospective um, employers. So when you look at Titan, we don't just we're not really just Titan aesthetic recruiting. So a lot of times when you see me talking about Titan, you'll see me talk about it as Titan aesthetic and not just Titan aesthetic recruiting. So I guess we've told you now about the, the screening, the placement, the injector preparation. Um, you know, we don't leave them hanging once they start to be injectors. We have the Titan membership program as well. And uh, we still have to get you on, Tiffany, sometime. To, we have some information on aesthetic record on there, but it uh, be fun to talk about how uh, the different technology can help in the practice as well. So, yeah, before we jump into the next part, and I, for one thing, I almost joined that this morning. I was like, I'm just gonna pay my money and join right now because it's so good. But I think on the on the placement side of it, on what you just mentioned, you know, I work with a lot of growing med spas who are looking for people all day long. I just had a call with an account yesterday who's like, I want to open up 15 more locations. How do I get talent? You know, it's a big need. It's a big, it's a huge gap, first of all, for the industry period, big gap. But I think about the medical directors and the medical directors keep me up at night, Mary Beth. They're the ones I worry about most because they are, you know, in many cases, they're not part of the hiring process at all. Somebody who owns a practice, you know, such like an MSO model, whatever, you know, however it looks, you know, Joe that owns a practice hires Sally. And then Dr. Frank is in charge of signing off on Sally's charts, right? He's, he's at the end of the day, bearing the brunt of all this. Well, Joe is not thinking about that. Joe's thinking about culture fit, selling syringes, all the things you talked about, you know, can she work here? And so as a medical director, I would be so fearful every day if I was not integral in the hiring process or didn't have someone who said to me, hey, by the way, this person completed this program from start to finish. They've had exposure to all these things. They have at least invested time to start learning. Now it's up to us to pull it through and let them have true hands-on, you know, real-world experience. But I think the medical directors in our industry are the most at risk in the current model because they get skipped until the medical board comes in. And then it's like, oh, shit, I didn't do, I wasn't part of this thing. 
And so I have, yeah, I came from Arkansas many moons ago, and Arkansas is a very odd state. Medical directors can live in Timbuktu, far away. They're not part of anything. But then the medical board shows up, and the medical board says, huh, so your nurse injector who's an RN, who's doing the good faith exams? Who's looking at her injections? Who's making sure she's safe? And he's like, I don't know. I'm in the ER 24 hours a, you know, a day doing my ER stuff. I don't know. I'm just her medical director. Nobody, you're responsible for her. You're her medical director. That's just what that word means. So I feel like, you know, between what what I think Yvonne Delos with MAAI, she's training medical directors how to understand all that. You're helping the injectors to prepare to come on board and be responsible and to learn and to grow before they show up. Like it's it takes what you said it takes the army. It takes all of us growing these individual pieces. And I come in with like the software saying, when the medical board does come, because they will come, they're going to show up at some point. Trust me, they always do. Do you have your stuff buttoned up and compliant to show them that you did have a medical director sign off? You did have a GFE. You do have all the pharmacy board regulations, you know, with your disposals and things. It's really, there is no easy answer here. I think people come in our industry thinking, oh, I'm just going to do some moonlight Botox on the weekends. BS, no, you're not. Like This is a real specialty. People who have devoted their life to this craft, to this specialty, who it's a big deal for all of us. I mean, you and I make our livelihood on aesthetics. And people take it so not seriously. They marginalize it to the point of it's like, oh, I'm a dentist doing it on Friday with my girlfriends, you know, friends or whatever. No, it's not that anymore. Those days are so far gone. It will never be that ever again. We will never get that back, that innocence of not knowing better. We now know better. We have to do better. There is no way around it. And so if you're listening to this, thinking about hiring, getting new injectors on board, what you said, Mary Beth, about they come to them already having invested in their own learning journey. They're not here to buy a Birkin bag and to be on Instagram and be famous. They're here to actually become an injector and learn and grow and develop your practice, help you build your practice and their own brand, their own practice. That is like invaluable as an employer, in freaking valuable. I would love to have that on their like name badge to go to my interview saying, I've already invested in AR. I've already learned about software to be a good employee for you. Never happens here, by the way, but it would be great if it did. So I don't know. I just think that that is like the days of us not knowing better, the days of us saying it's all just fun and games, wild, wild west and gray areas. Those days, that was three years ago. No more. That's not the way it's going to work anymore. So again, I'm like on a PSA today. I'm like a PSA soapbox <laughs> You bring out my like my Pentecostal preacher. Sorry, guys. Don't mean to be all PSAing today, but somebody's got to tell the truth around here, you know? Well, you're so funny, Tiffany, because one thing that you mentioned that is so true, um, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I had a physician or a medical director or a clinic call and say, I need to hire an injector. They need to have three to five years of experience and they need to come with their own book of business. You know, I just laugh a little bit and go, that reality does not exist. Um, you said it earlier, a lot of injectors are starting their own practice. They have realized I can do this in many states. I mean, I think there are 26 states now where nurse practitioners have independent practice authority. And so if you are looking at expanding your med spa or if you are looking at a physician and as a physician and you want to hire an injector, my advice is always find the person that you like. It's a cultural fit that has you know, whatever you're looking for from an outside presentation, and then let us screen and train them. Um, we actually are starting to do a lot of white label um, or private label training programs for organizations. There are a lot of people now that have their own director of training, and they're very good at doing the hands-on training, but they don't have the time or the resources to do all that preparation work. So we are working with several organizations now where they are taking the Titan Injector Development Program and basically making it their own and, and customizing it for them. It's a very um, inexpensive cost to 
you know, for us. And then literally we're out of the whole process except running the LMS portion and helping um, the trainees get up and running and things like that. So um, it, it's a very, very, very nice way for a growing organizations to say, I want to have my own injector development program um, and that then feeds right into our hands-on injector training program. Oh, so, I love yeah, it. I, oh, you just said private label. Oh, my heart just skipped seven beats, Mary Beth. Because, you know, I, I would, I'll brand my coffin. I'll brand like anything. I love marketing. I love branding. I love the idea that things feel like they belong to us, you know, as a business. You talk about a way to make sure an injector feels like she's learning your way, your ideas, your perspective, you know, the, the, whatever the company is, you know, Joe's Botox bars way, put your name on everything. Then when she walks out of your door and goes home at night and, and Sally's Botox bar calls her, she's like, sorry, I do it Joe's Botox way. I've got to stay here. Cause this is what I know, what I've learned. I'm comfortable here. Like it is an employee retention tool. Number one, because they feel like they're part of a bigger thing than just like some rando training, but also because then from an IP perspective, it's like, no, no, no. We taught you our way. If this leaves our clinic and goes somewhere else, we own that. Our name is on it. So you can't come and kiss us and tell somebody else. Because I think that right now in the industry, as you know, is another big, hairy mess. Non-solicitation agreements, you know. Anyway, that's a whole different conversation. But I just feel like if you can brand that with your name on it, like these big, giant med spots at 15, 20 locations, you need a constant pipeline. You need to be hiring people. I mean, my face lady, he says he hires six times a year because they have 85 providers. You can't possibly backfill that unless you're focusing on it. 365, because you just, there's not enough talent out there eager, again, to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and learn on their own and do it on their own. There's just not. And that unicorn that has 35 years experience with the Rolodex are going to give you for free does not exist. Good luck finding it. If you do call us, let us know, but they are not out there. Well, and Tiffany, you brought up a really good point with thinking about retention. And that's something that I do a lot of speaking about and a lot of consulting with various med spa groups, because if you do have that million dollar injector, you want to keep that person with every bone in your body. And I think we, you know, I, I just want to give, again, my own PSA to the people who are listening right now. Do not ask an injector that has more than five years of experience to sign a non-compete, especially if they are bringing, if patients are going to try to find them and follow them, because that injector is bringing you something and they are not going to sign a non-compete. Now, non-solicitation, whole different world. And I, I highly believe in non-solicitations, but, you know, not an attorney, don't play one on TV, but I'm a real big fan of retention programs and tenured carrots, I guess, if you will, um, instead of non-competes, because it creates a reason for loyalty. It creates a, um, a cultural uh, reason to stay rather than that adversarial of we're going to hire you, but you can't ever leave. We own you. And, you know, I don't think anybody wants to feel that way. Um, it always cracks me up that attorneys are like the one area where they can't sign non-competes. Like, seriously, they enforce them for everybody else, but they, they're not enforceable for attorneys. So anyway, I, I'm, I really do a lot of work with um, helping clinics identify what they can do to create loyalty programs or retention programs for their injectors. And one of the ways that we do that is with that Titan membership. And, you know, I'm very lucky. I'm old enough that I've been in the industry for a long time. And I, I know a few people around that, that are pretty darn good injectors. And um, I, during COVID, you know, we all sat home in the first week and went, oh my God, what's happening? Our entire world is falling apart. And then we went, oh, oh darn it. We're all shut down for two months. And um, I did a, a call with a bunch of injectors and said, 
okay, guys, what do we do? And they said, we need to learn. And so I started picking up the phone and calling people. And um, we did about 30 different injector training webinars during COVID. And I recorded a lot of them. And then we started the Titan membership program after that because people were, were very kind. They said, we really love these webinars because they're by injectors for injectors. They're not sponsored by a company. They're not CME. They're just real world life experiences from some of the best injectors and trainers in the country that they're just opening their hearts and their skills and sharing it with other people. So the Titan membership is only $250 per year and it, it's a 12 month. It's not a calendar year. It just is a 12 month running membership purchase. Um, and for that, we do two to three webinars a month that are usually on Tuesday night at seven o'clock central. Um, they are usually with either very highly experienced injectors with physicians. We've had Sebastian Cotafano. We've had Connor Gallagher from Revance. We've had Haley Wood. We've had Georgia Cerise. We've had Ren Rusher, uh, Brittany Crosdale, um, Jill Jones, Don Segarilla, Brandis Harrison. I'm like, I could go through like a list for about another 20 minutes. Um, but we record all of them. You know, I know Instagram live is the big thing now, but you know, you can't, I can't put those on a database someplace. So we literally right now have more than 40 recorded webinars from some of the best injectors in the country, plus another 27 scheduled for the remainder of 2022. So if you join right now as a Titan member, you not only get all of the upcoming webinars that you can watch live and interact with the speakers, but you have all of the archived webinars that you can also watch. So in addition to the archived webinars and the live webinars and events that we have, we have a couple of upcoming special events that will be able to be signed up for by Titan members. Um, I'm still trying to schedule with um, Rana Canali. She's going to do a lovely talk on micro droplet um, toxin use. But then, and a couple other things. We're working with Sebastian Cotafano to do a couple of things right now. And we also want new injectors to be able to see you know, what does it look like? What are some right ways to do basic injections and consultations? So we have a kind of Netflix for injectors um, where it is provider videos that have been done by some of the top injectors and training company um, injectors in the, in the country. And they do five and 10 minute videos to help new injectors be able to see what good looks like in a variety of different injection um, examples. So those do have a small additional fee, like it's five, or $10 for a 24 hour rental, but that money goes back to the injectors that created the videos. I always wanna support and give back to the injectors who are so kind to share their resources with Titan. So it's a it's a fun thing with the Titan membership, really good networking opportunity as well. I think at that price point, you mentioned retention options, you know, I always advocate for a CME budget, give folks money to go to do CME conferences, to fly, to have the hotel, to do, I mean, this is so inexpensive for a tremendous value, especially if they're newer coming into the practice, you know, coming into the industry period, that, that first year, you should be soaking up all the things you can get your hands on. And you've already pre-screened to get really good people on, right? You're, you already know the quality of the content is really good. You, you've had some incredible speakers, by the way, on the webinars. I've, I know many of them personally, and they are top-notch. But I think about, too, as an injector who's being asked to be part of this, to be one of the, the presenters, if you will, or one of the people who are, you know, the Netflix kind of thing, is you're getting your name in front of people who are brand new to the industry, who are going to be the next up-and-comers, right? The next big name will be, will be one of these people who you're training right now. And the chance to have that exposure, you know, we get so caught up in the industry about paying for our time and, you know, I need, a, I need an honorarium or I can't come here and I can't come there. And is is Allergan pay more than Galderma? Well, don't train for Allergan, train for Galderma. You know, I hear these things, it's like this whole drama all the time. 
And it makes me crazy because I think to myself, you know, to be a legacy in this industry, to be a Connie Brennan or a Julie Bass Kaplan or a Don or Haley, these people who have been here forever, they're doing it because they love it. Or, or Ronna Canelli, because they love it because it's important to their heart and to their, to their soul to be a contributor to good, right? To contribute to good. I just get so upset about people who are obsessed with the money part of it. Like, this is not the way that you move forward. If you go watch a cardiologist do open heart surgery as another cardiologist, you don't pay him for his time. It's an honor to be asked to come to his OR and to be able to watch, right? It's a, it's a blessing to be able to even do it um, and vice versa, like to even be wanted to, you know, to be a mentor. I don't know. I just think it's crazy here. But as I say that out loud, my point being, they're going to get the education they'd pay for of one hour with an injector, one hour out of a whole year. They're going to get 365 with you and all that content because the hour to go train on site with someone to observe for one hour is way more than 250 for the hour. I can promise you, I see the rates. It's crazy. So I just think as an injector making a decision about where to put your money, gosh, to have access to that list that you mentioned just alone, not the other 25 you could rattle off. It's crazy value. So if you're not doing it, guys, go sign up right now. You need to go sign up. It's 250. Well, and just so people know, I don't pay the speakers, I give them a free membership to the Titan membership program. So they're all members too. So it's one more networking opportunity with that. So I love it when Julie Bass Kaplan's on a lot. She always has such neat ideas. And there's every topic under the world from how do you price injectors from under eye and cheeks and doing, and how do you look at patients with body dysmorphia and how do you use skincare in your practice? And how do you use hyaluronidase to dissolve unwanted filler? That was Ilanit Samuelson. I mean, we really have a really good list of so, but you know, those are the things when you look at this community, it was funny that you um, mentioned a little bit of how, how we all talk about, um, you know, community over competition and that's kind of a buzzword, but is it true? Um, literally next week, Savannah Brennan, who is Connie's daughter, who is an injector and in MP school right now, she is actually going to do a Titan talk on community over competition and a event that she held in the Minneapolis market and how she got everybody together and how they're continuing to support each other and the market. So that's a lot of what we try to do with Titan is really help and support each other within the industry. And, you know, we do that with compensation as well. Yeah, I think, you know, before we go to compensation, because I for sure want to touch on that, is you've got mentoring programs in there. You've kind of set up this innate peer-to-peer option where I think the peer-to-peer training right now for our industry, we have a lot of it that's like clinical peer-to-peer, but not the mentoring on the business side or or even what you go through as an injector, right? This business is hard. It's a lot of crazy late nights. We have, as you said, crazy patients who make us all nutty and even the injectors make me nutty, but that's a different story. Thinking about disputes, dispute resolution, even adverse events. Can you sleep at night knowing you did that tear trough that you're just not sure if it was the right thing or not? You didn't feel good about it. You know, there are so many things that come along with this that maybe as a bedside nurse you didn't have to deal with before. That now, you know, especially even owning a business, thinking about I've got to now feed my employees and I've got bills due and taxes, and I don't know about you know medical board visit coming in. There's just so much that if you've been here for a long time, you're not jaded to it, but you've kind of been around the block. You've, you've felt the pressure. When you're new, you need someone to tell you, hey, it's, it's okay to not be okay. Like, it's okay to have a shit day, and we'll get through it together, and we'll learn how to, we'll learn how to do this better together. And I'm going to learn from you because you're new, and I forget what it feels like. So I want to also be reminded to be sharper at what I'm thinking about. So I don't know. I just like you've got this like innate group that wants – it's like the mastermind group that Don and Haley lead. Same idea, right? They're pouring into people who don't know yet. So that they can hopefully all do better, so that we all as an industry grow and we all, you know, prosper together. But it requires those who know to help those who don't, or the tribal knowledge is lost forever. That's the way it works in corporations and in industries. Those who know have to give freely of their time to those who don't, or we can never catch up. 
we have to all learn the lessons over and over again. It's just like a cycle of insanity. We never get ahead of anything. So if you can mentor others and you're out there listening to this, you're like, I've got things, stories to tell and things to help, find a way to do it. Call Mary Beth, get involved in Titan. Find a place to connect to people who need you and need your expertise and give of it freely because you'll get the reward back a thousandfold, I promise you. Well, and that's what this industry is all about. It's it's can we all learn from each other? And as you said early on, we're still in the babiness of this industry. And if we can just all kind of work together to help make the foundation good for the tomorrows of the world, I think that's where it all really makes good sense. So, Well, just like the last chapter of your book, we're going to turn our last minutes here to compensation, maybe the most controversial topic in aesthetics today, because I just was on Facebook on the fa- uh, Business of Aesthetics Facebook page saying, stop talking about fee splitting. It's illegal. Don't do it. So like, we're going to pay commission on this and on that. I'm like, man, you got to be so careful with those words that you say in public. You can't say things like that. Uh, but anyway, you do this incredible, like massive giant survey, which is truly the voice of the people because it's going to the people who are, you know, who are the topic of the survey to fill in their own information. You get some really interesting data points. Some of those numbers, Mary Beth, I'm in the wrong part of the industry for sure. But <laughs> I like I, I made a wrong turn somewhere. But give us an idea of the compensation survey, what you know about compensation, just some good general best practices for, you know, for those who are hiring others. Well, like almost everything that I do with Titan, um, it happened because there was a need and I went, okay, well, let's <laughs> see if we can find an answer. Um, the first year I started Titan, um, probably 50% of the calls I got were asking, what do I pay my injector? Or I'm making this much. Am I making the right amount of money? Should I be making more? Am I paid well? And nobody knew. And so we did a compensation survey and I sent it out, you know, via email and via um well, I don't think I did Instagram back then, but you know, Facebook and just said, Hey, you guys pass this along. And if you guys feel like taking the survey, hopefully we can get some good data. And I think we probably had 125 people answer the complete the survey the first year. Um, we've just finished our fourth survey and we, the one we just published um, about a month or two ago is from the 2020, the COVID year. Um, and, and what we've really tried to do with this compensation survey is just ask the injectors, how many hours are you working? What are you getting paid? How much revenue are you bringing in? Um, you know, how do you get paid? Do you get commissioned? Do you get bonus? Do you get hourly? Do you get salary? Um, is there a difference geographically? Is there a difference in terms of what um, credentials you have? And, you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple of the things that we found this last year that I think are so fascinating. Um, number one, the average salary went down, or I shouldn't say salary, the average total compensation for injectors for 2020 was down about um, 20%, which was almost exactly the time of the year that we were out for COVID. So I thought that was very interesting. Number two, what we found was that the total revenue production of those same injectors did not change in 2020 from the year before. Um, The average injector, full-time injector in the compensation survey brings in right around $850,000 in patient revenue in a year. Um, So I think it's really interesting that they brought in the same amount of revenue, but the average went down. Now, another reason the average could have gone down is because we had more than 50% of the people who took the survey this last year 
or injectors that have five years of experience or less. And we saw a significant drop in those injectors that had injected 10 years or more. Again, it could be that those injectors are older. They weren't as comfortable going back during the COVID year. Um, and also a lot of the new injectors may have been on salary. And so they had money coming in, even though they weren't working. Um, we also did a employer section um, for the 2020 year and asked the employers, you know, what changed with you? Did your compensation go up or down? Um, and so that was a really interesting angle, I think, that we've never had before when you think about so many injector owners who are out there owning med spas. And I will tell you, across the board, they all worked their tails off to keep their employees hired and having revenue, and they took the hit so their employees could still, um, you know, care for their families. Um, the other thing we look at in the compensation study is we look at if someone's going to leave, why would they leave? And how much more money would they have needed to stay? Is monetary, um, it, it, are monetary reasons the reasons why they're leaving? And in many cases, they're not. Work-life balance is the most valuable thing to injectors out there. Um, and so I think there's a lot of things that are very, very good for uh, clinic owners to understand about what motivates their employees. And, you know, we used to joke a lot that people call and go, hi, do you do Botox or Dysport? You know, how much is it? How much per unit? Okay, thanks, click. And, you know, why do they ask how much does it cost? Because that's the only thing they know to ask. And I think sometimes employers and injectors, why do they have the compensation conversation? Because it's the only thing they know to talk about, and it's a very uncomfortable topic. And so we really try to do a lot with saying, here are the other things that your injectors really value. And if you want to keep them, there are ways that you can show you value them beyond, you know, simply looking at an increase in the hourly pay. And, you know, not that they shouldn't. I'm a huge believer in, you know, paying injectors what they're worth because, you know, if you're a business owner and your injector leaves, and everything that you're doing to bring in revenue is from that injector, you just lost your business. So I have a very standard formula that I tell people this is a guide. Um, but anybody who buys the compensation report is available on the website in the shop section. Um, and it is $500, but it also comes with a half an hour of consulting with me. So you can talk through your particular situation once you've kind of read the report itself. But we also look at training. And, um, you know, that's kind of a neat thing because that is something that for most injectors is incredibly important to them. And then, you know, society memberships and things like that. So it is a resource that for a lot of business owners, I think if you um, really think about how important an injector is to your practice and how you can continue to communicate well, I would say the biggest thing that frustrates injectors is they don't know how expensive it is to run a clinic. And so when I do talks, I talk a lot about, you know, how many costs there are in running a clinic. And I also talk about, you know, you, you can't expect to make a lot of money if the clinics, if you're not bringing in a lot of revenue, because it's just it's cash medicine. So I think really having those conversations and, and understanding where the employer and the employee are coming from is a lot of what I try to do to help people. My goal is really never to recruit. I won't call somebody and recruit them away from a clinic. That's just not my ethics. That's why probably 80% of the placements we do are with naive injectors um, who are starting out in the industry. You know, the other 20% is injectors who are experienced who are moving across the country. So just know my goal is not to 
steal your injector away or tell them that they could make money elsewhere. My goal is to really help people be happy where they are because, you know, there's something about that nesting. I just like people to be happy. <laughs> you do. But I have a question, and I don't know the answer to this question, but I have a gut feeling. But I think what you said about people don't know how much it costs to run a business here, I find that to be very true. Uh, people think it's, you know, oh, you're selling it for 600 bucks, you're buying it for 285 it's all profit. I'm like, mm, I don't think that's how it works. And we work a lot here at AR about, you know, COGS, like how much are COGS, including medical supplies. And I look at, you know, when I do consulting personally about marketing supply, you know, your marketing expense, your lights, your overhead malpractice insurance, like all those little costs add up to be quite a bit of money. And I'm a big advocate of saying to an injector for every hour that you're in that room, minimum, you have to clear this much money before I ever make a single dollar. This is your minimum hurdle to even get through. We do that here as well. When you get compensation here, bonus or commission, I know what my break even is if I can ever pay you the first dollar of abundance because I've got to at least pay for you to be here, right? So how much do you think you should, that you should tell these employees? Like what's, do you rip the bandaid off and tell them everything or enough to feel confident? Like what's the, what's the magic rule? I'm a big believer in percentages. So I don't think that you need to tell them how much money is you brought into your practice, but it's okay to say, hey guys, you know, let's, you know, Bruce Maller from BSM Consulting, I will never forget him saying, this is what I do with my team at BSM every quarter. We sit down and we do a P&L review and I tell them, here's how much money we brought in. Now, I know a lot of people don't want that actual number to be displayed. So you say of 100% of what we brought in, 50% of it went to cost of goods and supplies. And I don't think most people realize how expensive all the products are that are sold in these clinics. I mean, the consumables, the you know toxins, the fillers, the um, supplies, the gauzes, the syringes, the you know ice packs. I mean, that stuff all costs a lot of money. Um, you know, and then you're exactly right. You've you know here's how much went for operating. Here's how much went for you know lights, electricity, air conditioning, um, janitorial services. I mean, even having the sharps container, OSHA marketing. And there's so many expenses. So here's another percentage that just goes for keeping the lights on. Literally, here's how much goes for insurance and making sure that we're all safe and protected. Here's how much goes to, um, you know, what we call FTEs, full-time employees. So, you know, at the end, after, you know, if $100 was brought in, here's how much was profit, $12, $20. And, you know, and I think when they realize that, it really makes them much more aware of what they can do to be a better team player. And it helps them. I mean, I, I talked to a gal yesterday who used to be a practice manager and she went through a divorce and she said, you know, I, I needed a job that paid me more. And I saw their PL. I knew they could not afford to pay me anymore. So as much as I loved practice, I had to leave and go someplace else to get the money I needed to support my family. And, you know, understanding that just because somebody brings in, you know, $5,000 in a day, it doesn't mean there's $5,000 to distribute between the injector and the business owner. I wish there were. I, I hear all the time, pay me on top line. You can't pay you on top line. Like that, Then we don't have enough money to keep the lights on because top line doesn't, it's not a real thing. I have to go down to like, after all the bills are paid, what's left over. And then at that point, you can think through your, your true profitability, right? I, I think people who don't know business inherently, who have not been through like, not business school, but, you know, any kind of business training, all that like P&L, looking at your, you know, your income statement versus your cash flow statement, operating capital. And do you do, you know, get a, a cash loan or a, a capital loan at the bank? Do you do lines of credit? Do you like all these things are really complex topics and ideas, much like to your point, recruiting and screening. Like these are very nuanced, very specific 
whole industries built around these ideas that thinking about compensation is one part of it. Thinking about how you run your business is a whole different issue. But there's just so much to know here to be good at it from soup to nuts. you got to know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. So as you may know about me, I'm a big advocate of finding people who are specialists and hiring them. So as I think through, you know, we're kind of at the end of our hour, which is crazy. It may be over an hour. I have no idea. But it's thinking about what you do. You know, if I'm a person looking right now, thinking about compensation, thinking about my p and I don't have time to do all these things. If you don't hire a person like Mary Beth to do this for you or her her team, you're crazy because the time that you're spending doing it and in many cases not doing it well, it's a double cost to you, right? You're doing it wrong the first time to do it again. Plus, you wasted the time to even do it, period. I don't know. I just think people who don't use a screener, recruiter, they could benefit so much more and have such a better experience with hiring and onboarding and recur- you know, re- recruiting, retaining all of it. If they just have a person like you come along and say, I'm here with you to be your guide. Let's do this together. I'm in it with you. I've got great ideas. Let's go forth and prosper. So I'll put all the notes about Mary Beth, where to find her, Titan site, Instagram, membership links. I'll put all that in the show notes. So you guys will have it because I urge you, if you've not yet gone down this road to have help in this area, Go get help. And if you're an injector who's also wanting to know about how do I keep building and growing or I'm brand new coming in, what do I need to do next? Again, same thing. Go find out about this whole preparation program and learning how to show up to day one of your new job that hopefully Mary Beth places you in ready to go and, and be prepared for whatever you know comes your way as far as hands-on training. So I just think that what you're offering is so valuable and a huge benefit to the entire industry. You are so kind. Well, I think all of us know the one thing is no matter where we work in this industry, we're always going to be learning. We're always going to be growing and hopefully we'll always be helping and supporting each other. And that really is, you know, I want to work with great injectors and great practices and give patients great outcomes. So we can all work together to do that. We'll all hit our mission, right? Gosh, I hope so. It feels a lot harder than that some days, Mary Beth, but that's, that's our guiding principles. (laughs) Well, for the record, you have been a fantastic guest, as I knew you would be, full of so much information. I mean, you are a true OG. I tell you, we've had some OGs on this uh, podcast, and I love to hear about the way you know it used to be before we had all this, all the growth and the chaos and the products and forty-two people across the country selling filler. Like I can't even imagine. That's like one California team, uh, but remarkable that you've that you've stuck it out with all the chaos this long, but that you're also having an impact in a big way still. You know, twenty years later. So kudos to you for that. But tell us how to find you, like locally, if you're doing anything besides Aesthetic Next, because she'll be here for Aesthetic Next, guys. Make sure you come to her talks. But what else you got going on up your sleeve that we can look for in the next couple months? I um, am working with Sebastian Cotofano on a project up in Minneapolis. So if you're in the Midwest, we may have some really fun cadaver stuff coming with that. Um, my partner works with uh, Chris Surik and with the Academy for Injection Anatomy. So if you haven't signed up for that, if you're an existing injector, um, look for Kevin and, and, and Chris Surik's team with that. Um, we have... Next week on the Titan membership program is going to be Savannah Brennan talking about community over competition and how to set up, um, you know, kind of that same networking opportunity in your own local market. Um, We have the next uh, teaching your brain to inject class taught by Kevin starts April 4th. You have to do the cadaver course first, but um, just know that's available. And um, any additional information, there's a blog on my website that's you can find down in the bottom in the footer. Um, just let me know if I can ever help you. mbhagen at titanesthetic.com. The website is www.titanesthetic or titanesthetic.recruiting.com. They all go to the same place. Um, Instagram and Facebook. Yes, look up Facebook, Titan Aesthetic. The reviews, if you're like, okay, 
I'm skeptical. Is this stuff any really any good or is this just talk? Um, I will say I haven't asked for a single review on Facebook and people are very kind and I'm very blessed for that. So Instagram, I'm an idiot. I try to do it every now and then. So if you see duplicates or stupid stuff on there, it's just because I'm old and I don't know how to do it. So, um, but I love helping people in the industry. And I once had somebody call me the aesthetic whisperer. Um, or an aesthetic angel last night, Barbara said. Thank you, Barbara. Um, so, you know, if I can help, that's what I'm here for. Thanks, Tiffany, for having me. I really appreciate, you know, being able to share with you. Well, we've loved having you on. And guys, I'll make sure you have all the details. But again, if you get to Mary Beth, you'll get where you need to go. She's like a, a tour guide on steroids. So thank you all for listening and for tuning in this week. And we'll see you again next week for episode 12 of For the Record Season 2. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of For the Record. This podcast is not intended to provide legal or medical advice. It's for entertainment, education, and information purposes only. For more information on this week's guest or to get started with Aesthetic Record, email us at info at Be sure to tune in next week for more fresh perspectives on disrupting the status quo and surviving in the aesthetics industry.